welcome back to It Was Murder Chain Reaction. Ching, This is the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world, and now we're talking about other things. I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. Oh, and I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. Sorry, gosh. The virgin voyager, Joe Garber. And tonight... We're the number one in Gosford Park. We are... Podcast. Spoiler alert, we're talking about Gosford Park. Uh, we followed Lawrence Fox from Marple, the Sidiford mystery, to Gosford Park. Oh, was he in this? Yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Okay, are we going to do... Uh, <laughs> do an Altman take? Altman, Minute Max. <laughs> uh, all right. In the, in the name of the greatest filmmaker of all time, Robert Altman, here's our Minute Max. A bunch so of rich okay, so everyone's at a shooting party in uh, November 1938 we don't care about that guy. We're glad he's here. But then Stephen Fry comes because he's effective. He's a Poirot. And he's like, who did it? I'm going to drink out of this. don't care about fingerprints or anything like that. So he asks us casually questions people. And it turns out one of the newer mates is a figures out who did it. And it was because the guy raped a woman and then left her with her child and abandoned her. Anyway, the guy that was the child and of course, that's what's up. Oh my! <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that. Oh my god! I felt like that. my Max was even better. I I definitely so- focused on a totally different arena of the movie. <laughs> I mean, mine was equally bad, but at least it will be slightly drowned out. That took the pressure off because I knew no one would be able to hear what I was saying. Yes. Okay. It's a the, that was a fool's errand to begin with to do a, to try and sum up. Jesus. Like are, we are already learning in in chain reaction that trying to sum up the plot of a murder mystery <laughs> in one minute, particularly these old British ones, is very difficult, mm-hmm. very very hard. Yeah, it's a fool's game, and we don't but have we short shorthand that we it. have with the with the hearts. No, yeah, there's no shorthand no. to be had. We don't know these characters at all. We're coming yeah. into them fresh. Do is it common understanding that this is like the inception of Down, Downton Abbey? Yeah. Okay. This well, is... Ju- Julian Fellows, who wrote Gosford Park, oh. created Downton Abbey. Oh, okay. okay. And Downton Abbey is loosely a spinoff of Gosford Park. Okay. But that only loosely. I didn't uh, know that. Because it takes place prior Correct. to the time oh. period of Gosford Park. Are there yeah. same are there character? No, I don't think there are any like named similar the, like i don't think any of the characters are named the same thing because there's a similar mm-hmm. like the but is the butler the one um oh, what's his Rich, richard e grant oh yeah who's this, this like he's the footman very bitch in this yeah he's fabulous yeah he he kind of is a character in downton abbey right i don't know that he's no, in downton abbey he's yet. not in downton abbey <laughs> yeah i mean but similar character like yeah the there is a there's a one of the one of the guy. footmen in downton abbey at least in the first three seasons is a real shithead kind of smarmy sleaze yeah. guy yeah and he's i think richard e grant is who that guy based his character on <laughs> he was so great 
Um, um, but also half of this, half of the cast of this movie went on to be in Downton Abbey. <laughs> it's true. It's just a, like a blockbuster list of the UK's finest. Right. I, know, I was yeah. reading the IMDb trivia and one <laughs> of the entries was the actors that didn't make it in that like, Judy Dench and like I there's <laughs> that the only one. <laughs> no, there was like th- there were they listed like four and I was shocked that f- there were four British actors that weren't in, that weren't in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really so I I don't know, of course I just love it. I mean, for all the reasons. Altman Below Stairs, all the things, How many British times shit. Have you guys seen this movie? This is the mm-hmm. second time I've seen it. Oh, this is probably like the fourth or fifth time that I've seen it, but it's astonishing what little my mind retains these days. So that's been exciting. Me too. It's like, every, oh, it's it's all new new again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel that way with most Robert Altman ensemble movies, which is most Robert Altman movies. But like right. to say that they're rich is like an understatement because it is they're just brimming with story and character in like the broader sense. And not to mention sure. that there are twenty speaking characters in this movie, like mm-hmm. th- with with full backstories. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's Which, amazing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it has just all of those perfect uh, alt. Do we say Altman esque uh, <laughs> elements? Yeah. Altmanese. It speaks to fluent Altmanese. It does. Um, it's naturalistic. It is subversive it is dark and humorous it's atmospheric there's you know the corruption element there's the innocent there's the you know it's just i just mm, and it's got it's got that thing that uh critics annoyingly call heart (laughs) <laughs> it's got heart. Oh, is that what they call it? Yeah. I'm not familiar. That's, that's I, Ryan Felipe, right? I hate. Yeah. <laughs> He's I heart. hate that term. I really it bugs me for some reason. But I do love the existence of it. Where I just love these characters, and there are moments in this movie that I just well, like I don't well up with tears necessarily, but I, I, my body gets all warm and fuzzy, and I just I'm so happy. For everyone on screen, uh, for this one, it was when Jeremy Northam was playing piano. The Ugh. the like the the murder scene, which is such a brilliant, it's put together so brilliantly. Yeah. But when when all the people from downstairs are hiding mm. to listen to him play music, and he's playing it, he's playing like knowing that the the main the the butler is really into it, and the butler is like you know jamming with him <laughs> silently yeah. oh, all of it is so cute it's all just so human and lovely mm-hmm. it's the perfect illustration of that class divide and it could have been you know played by any other hand it could be very clunky you know it could mm-hmm. be really heavy-handed and too much but i i i also love that scene for all the reasons i mean there's just something so great about the music drifting in from the other rooms in the house, like you really get a sense of the size of the house mm-hmm. and the it really puts you in a place to cherish those little snippets of life and it, it really grounds you or it ground grounds me anyway in this place where, yeah, like if you're in service, even like way, way down the road where we're at in 1932, like you 
don't get a lot of that in your in your life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's super simple and super beautiful. And it's there's a few shots in particular that really stick in my head of just a couple of the below stairs gals just have the dreamiest looks on their faces. And mm-hmm. just for those few moments, and it happens a bit like jumping back and forth, it's just so beautiful and sincere mm-hmm. and human and perfect. The girls mm-hmm. dancing, like it's not played with mawkishness or judgment. It's just sublime. And the the eye rolling uh, yes. <laughs> aristocracy, uh, you know, where yeah. just just uh cutting I poor Ivor Novello to the core, but I love that he doesn't care. He soldiers on, but I have to hearken back Sorry, I'm going on, but, you know, I love it. Um, (laughs) I feel like from the very opening scenes, there's just such a deft hand at communicating the distinct difference between uh, particularly the character of Mary, Mary McKeekin, who is the, uh, I guess she's, is she the lady's maid? Well, she's the maid anyway for uh, the Countess of, Trentham count right yeah Lady she's Trentham. Trentham. and uh, and uh it is just pelting rain when they we first see them and they are leaving uh Trentham's beautiful house to go to the shooting party and they pile into the car but before they do poor Mary has to help mm-hmm. the chauffeur uh put the cover onto the put the top onto the soft top car so that they don't drown while they're (laughs) driving um, Maggie Smith to the thing. And so she's just sopping wet and then off we go and rain, rain, rain. And Mary's in the front seat. And then we have a POV shot from the perspective of Maggie Smith's character. And she wraps impatiently on the glass, dividing the back of the car with the, from the driver and she makes them pull over because she can't open a thermos. Yeah. <laughs> and oh yeah, the thermos lid, of course, just everyone's had this moment. No yeah. shade to Lady Trentham, but off. like it's like oh, it just pops off. But again, we see Mary, the maid. She has to get out. Like they stop the car. She has to get out in the pouring rain. At this point, I mean, her hat is just plastered. Her beautiful <laughs> little cloche hat is plastered to her head. Uh-huh. It is cartoonish yet for anyone who lives in the pacific northwest and or england you know very real rain Mm -hmm. it's freezing cold and she's made to stand there when another car comes up Uh with mr weissman yay bob balban and ivor novella and they have this exchange and there's just something so great about the way that that action just sets the tone that it's like some of you Mm -hmm. are going to do whatever and stand in the rain while other people are demanding of you and rude to others and there we have it yeah yeah, yeah. it's so perfect yeah that definitely it's amazing yeah altman knows how it to also start establishes a movie. yeah it also <laughs> establishes that americans are just annoying and stupid yeah because <laughs> my favorite is bob balman's bob balman's all like hi hello yeah or whatever like just so American as we are, as we are. Oh my God! Him, him saying, "I have to make a call to California <laughs> thirty thousand times." Just <laughs> right, right off the bat, he's just so not, 
not understanding it. It's amazing. Yeah. When they, they have to hang up the phone because they have to call the police because somebody just got murdered. He's like, I was just on the phone with California. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. He's amazing. He Bob Bellman is a real treasure. Oh, God, I love like, him so much. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. So, I mean, we've talked about Robert Altman a little bit on the podcast in the past. Um, sure. It's impossible to not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this... Um, this movie, for, for listeners, if you're not familiar with Robert Altman, is actually a perfect example of Altman-esque filmmaking. Uh, it is a, an ensemble cast, frequently comic, rarely a murder mystery, rarely, which is odd because True. his style of filmmaking really lends itself to a locked door mystery. Uh, one of my yeah. other favorite movies of his is called A Wedding. Uh, that's from 1978. Mm. And... Mm. It is just a day at a wedding of a of a wealthy family, mm-hmm. and it is one of the funniest, most entertaining, delightful movies ever. And it feels so much like <laughs> Gosford Park. Like Gosford Park has those the elements of it, those hu- the humanity, the humor, um, but then it adds this amazing murder mystery that I think is. Truly spectacular. I, I oh, saw this just perfect. Saw this just once perfect. before when it came out. And I remember liking it. Uh, but watching it this time, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And it's Aww. I had forgotten so much about what was going on. And that's it's yeah. one of the treats of an Altman movie is so much is going on yeah. that you you'll miss it. And if you watch it again, you'll catch things that you didn't catch before. Yeah. I didn't even need a murder to happen in this movie. I mean, obviously it has to happen, but like you can just watch (laughs) this forever. Especially that piano scene is so cozy and nice, even though all the people are horrible, mostly. (laughs) It's so... Oh, the people suck. Pleasant. (laughs) You just want to be part of it. You just want to be in their lives. When all the wait staff is sitting down to that meal downstairs and yeah. it just feels so i was confused why they weren't nicer to each other because they say like some shitty things to each other uh-huh. which like seems like you would have some sort of camaraderie but they are pretty shitty to each other too the the downstairs wait staff and whatever maids and <laughs> i think we find that, that people are <laughs> people no matter their station are kind of bad to each other yeah <laughs> frequently yeah well but the, it's also meant to be illustrative of the pecking order mm-hmm. and bearing in mind that for a shooting party or for a house party of any kind you know from early on to you know 1932 where we are that that people would come with their own servants mm-hmm. and that you know, they may be people that they're familiar with because of the social circles, but it might be somebody totally new, mm-hmm. like Mr. Parks. And um, God, what is the name? What is Ryan Phillippe's uh, fake servant name? I don't remember. Mm, I don't know. They would have. They just called him Mr. Weissman because he was right. Because he's with Mr. Weissman. Mm-hmm. He's Mr. Weissman's man. Ugh, I love again yeah. another detail that's like so great of of these. These people are the the downstairs people are completely stripped of their identity because all they are <laughs> yeah. is the servant of of a counterpart upstairs. Yeah, it's scary when they get uh, that whole scene where she has to wash that uh, shirt because she wants to wear it the next day, and mm. she goes through all these this turmoil to get this shirt washed, and then everyone's so shitty to her, and she finally gets it done. She like there's like the people having sex downstairs that she's not supposed to see. Uh, I love that. She almost, is that the time when uh, Ryan Felipe character almost rapes her? Yeah. And then, yeah, she's just like not 
going where she doesn't know where to go. So she's just like freaking out in the morning. Uh, she's like, I don't want to wear that shirt. It's just oh, like God. so heartbreaking. But then the next day she's like, oh, that shirt. I'll wear the other shirt. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. It's so horrible. <laughs> Maggie I much, Smith. I wonder how much uh, they got paid. <laughs> like this serving staff to be for this rich of people. They must be paid pretty well for their station i would imagine right like um i don't know i don't know like to me it's they put up with so much. i feel like they were probably i'm, I'm just saying this as someone who has had a job like who's had to have a job uh-huh. in america in my life mm-hmm. i assume that they are paid just enough yeah to never leave right yeah totally well i am going to disagree with you both oh well, I think 1932 is obviously like a different point on you know in place in the landscape in terms of doing of being in service, mm-hmm. right? So a lot changed, um, as I think most people know, because of the way that the population uh, and fortunes of the aristocratic, uh, the upper class in England, uh, was affected by World War One, mm-hmm. right? So the all of the young men basically are, you know, slaughtered. Very few people people come back. Um, economically, the country suffers greatly, um, and so that impacts the livelihood of these families. And so that directly then trickles down to really profoundly affect the number of folks that they are employing. And so starting around, you know, 19, well, during the war and then immediately following 1918 into the 20s, people's staffs begin to dwindle. And then people also are coming up on hard times and having to sell their stately homes and all of the shit. All the stuff just starts to shake out. But it also coincides, of course, with the 20s with these ideas um, that there's more opportunity, especially for women, because of the lack of men to occupy many jobs, that women then are entering the workforce um, in a lot of ways that are new, but also just with the advancements in technology, they are, there are just more jobs. You know, you could go work on the switchboard, or you could go, you know, like it was, was, there was more opportunity than had previously been available for some of the folks who, if they were not coming from a legacy of work and service, a family uh, history of, of work and service, then you know, they were doing that because that was the option. Perhaps you lived in a rural place and the only option was to go work at the big house, you know, stuff like that. But so by the time we're in 1930, like 1930s, something like a quarter of the women in employment in the United Kingdom are working in service. Oh, wow. So only a fourth of employed women working in service. But so then those roles also change. The pay did go up because of the competitive nature, because some of the jobs changed a little bit because you were no longer experiencing these houses where you had, you had everyone from the hall boy to, you know, like a million scullery maids all the way on up, 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 up. Um, it's different. So people are making a little bit more money, but one thing you have to take into account is when people are in service in a house like that and in the way that uh, we'll keep it within the context of this film. I'll go back there. Within the context of this film, folks are having room and board paid. So it's not paid, but they don't have to pay for it. And so wages reflect that a little bit 
the 1930s, you're going to get a little bit more. And so some folks, because people in service are not encouraged to venture very far afield because of the tasks that they have to perform and the the hideous schedules and all of that, Mm -hmm. that people kind of stay put, but not necessarily because they're making bank. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's interesting to think of the ways that that plays out. So like when families would go into the city, you know, if it's, if it's the social season and everyone goes back into the city, then everyone who's, who works in service, who's there is given a little bit more money because they're no longer eating like meals at the same time as the family, you know, their own stuff like that. You get like a stipend to supplement your room and board when the family's not there and therefore you're not able to do your job properly. I'm talking way too much about this. All to say, (laughs) all to say no paid better. They're paid better, but But it still has a lot of things that go along with it. And competitive. You're happy to have this post if you have anything at all. A really interesting moment too on that topic was Ryan Felipe uh, asks all of the servers at that dinner how many of their parents are also servers. Yeah, and pretty much everybody <laughs> raises their hand. They're all like second generation serving staff. All is- but Clive Owen. Oh yeah, interesting. Oh, that's interesting. which uh, which is funny because he should have raised his hand. I also was. This was mm-hmm. so shockingly similar to Sidiford Mystery. The end plot line why he got murdered very similar right i mean not why he got oh, murdered but what but the, the uh, yeah it's i mean like a, a son he he left his pregnant wife in egypt Steven, oh uh, that oh that's yeah. sitiford mystery yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry for sorry sorry I, no. <laughs> but like the 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 beautiful thing sorry okay we're just immediately spoiler alert if you haven't watched gosford park please watch it yeah before you listen to us talk about it all right um he wasn't murdered because his, his son was was a, a vengeful bastard. He he was murdered because his son's mother was like, "You are not ruining the life that you have. Yeah. I am going mm-hmm. to take care of this." Uh, stabbing a dead body is Which, not illegal. To me, is the coolest. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> like it's the coolest fucking like uh it's just a but a, it's like an all mini twist Ugh. it's an all mini twist yes so good that. and a great one it's when um, she told the maid the young maid or valet or whatever f- figured it out right and then yeah. she can basically confess mary <laughs> Joe, she says a woman's never going to be the valet oh, we, we can't w- it's, right, is right. it made is it made she's just a maid she's like, a maid Okay. They're all. She's. I mean, technically, she's because she's the only servant in the house. I guess she is the lady's maid. Yeah. But, um, um, she figures it out. She's talking to her, and she has this very callous, like, what is basically? She says, "What is there to be gained by?" Right? Is that what she says? Well, what she's what? what uh, are you asking? What Helen, Helen Mirren Helen says? Helen Mirren says. So <laughs> first, she says, "I am the greatest servant." that's ever lived uh-huh. and you know why because <laughs> i can anticipate shit uh-huh and so uh, such a good scene fucking amazing so she's like yeah and as as a great anticipator of shit i know that this boy whose life i have been i've spent i've thrown away my life to save this boy's life yeah i'm not letting him fuck it up right right so when 
when she says that thing about she's like, I I know when they're going to be tired before they know. I know mm-hmm. when they'll be hungry before they know it. You know, yeah. it's just yeah. and I love that line because it also speaks to, you know, the the pride that folks that many folks that were in service felt about their position and to fully occupy a job like that to take that on as your role and your identity is something that I think is is hard for most people who don't have occupations similar, not that it has to be in service, but occupations that really like you really embody and that you live and breathe. I think it's it's hard to understand that. But I think also there's always that juxtaposition with other folks who are aspirational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like when I think of Elsie, just like just one of my most favorite characters in Gosford Park, played by Emily Watson. Emily Watson yeah. Yeah. And she oh, is she's not the housemaid, but she's one of the She's she's well, wait, no. She is she <laughs> She's not a lady's maid. She's she must be like she like auxiliary because yeah, she, she was like the main she maid helps, of the house, right? She helps my lady Mabel. She right. she is like assigned to help Mabel get ready. She is right. having an affair with the head of the house. Yeah. She right. She is she, so she's not the wife's maid. Is she? No, she's not. She's, she's not, not Crystal Scott Thomas' maid. But she's part of the house, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not clear. I guess maybe it probably says, but I don't know if she is. And is she? She's not the staff? parlor maid. She's not the housemaid. No. no. She because she serves. No idea. Well, she so, she helps serve food. She slips up in a way I would slip up on my first day. On the oh dock my god! I was no, this- <laughs> surfing staff. Well, it's it's such a touching scene. So yeah. she she their affair is outed. I mean, we learn about it before this happens in all the various ways. We know that there's something going on between Elsie and the repulsive yeah. William, or as Joe calls him. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> he's, but he's like dumb Dumbledore. He's Dumbledore two point oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Dumbledore two point oh. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. The delightful Michael Gambon. <laughs> yes. But um, he. We know that something's going on with them, and while that kind of gives you like mega ick vibe, yeah. There's something about the way that Elsie either she authentically feels, or that she has convinced herself of that she is somehow an equal or sort of in control of it. Like I appreciate that where she feels like she holds some power in this relationship and she believes that it is special. And while she is unwilling to acknowledge to Mary, whether she is, she is in love with him. There is clearly something there for Elsie that makes her feel better rather than how someone might want to characterize her as being exploited or used. Mm -hmm. But you have to ask yourself like how much of that is her just, wanting to believe that but she's also kind of symbolic of what joe you were referencing which is the below stairs gossip right and there's a moment where there's always somebody who freaks out about why do we live vicariously through these rich bastards (laughs) that has to happen in every single uh uh, above and below stairs situation whether that really happened i don't know but there's just something about the way that she knows everything and Emily Watson just serves it up in such a great way, no pun intended, where she just is in control until, Mm -hmm. until she hears um, the lady of the house just 
taking swipes at mm. William. Is he mm. a Sir William at William? And um, yeah. she just just blurts out like something like, "Did <laughs> like no, Billy's not this or that." Something uh. that so clearly announces to everyone in the dining room, which is the whole shooting party and uh. the serving staff, that something's happening. Oh my god! And so embarrassing. She runs from the room. It, it's just such. She loses her job. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, of course. Of course. But it's just this, that character is so complex and fascinating and also yeah. remains optimistic. And then at the end, she gets a lift to London Ugh. with Mr. Wiseman. Yeah. And it's just the greatest, like, Americans were too stupid to know that somebody is untouchable. So uh, why don't we give them a ride yeah. moment? <laughs> and you have to, I love that. Altman leaves it open because does everyone have that thought where they're like, she is going to be a huge superstar star yeah, in his totally. next movie? Yeah, yeah I immediately, I yeah. almost, I, I didn't so do it, but I was going to look up Charlie Chan, so the, the Charlie Chan movie that they were talking about. So that the movie that Bob Bellman is making is a real movie. Oh, uh, yeah, Ivor Novolo is a real actor. Oh wow! From the thirties. <laughs> oh, um, that Ryan Felipe not was nearly playing. as attractive as uh, as Jeremy North. Jeremy Northam, <laughs> um, but Jeremy huh. North. Jeremy Northam. Uh, I, so this again, like Robert Altman, is such a movie lover. Like he's he. All of his things are such like hooray for Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I love movies. Movies are my life. Uh -huh. And Bob Balaban being another person. In of that ilk, did you guys? You guys, I had to have noticed that in the credit, the opening credits, this movie is based on an idea between Robert Altman and Bob Robert Balaban. Robert Altman and Bob Balaban, <laughs> <laughs> really, which is one of my an that's idea. Such a, it's the sweetest credit ever. That's so like, funny. Yeah. It's like Kill Bill, where it's like based on an idea between <laughs> you and Q. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, so, like but uh, yeah, the all of these circumstances are real. Like when, when Maggie Smith is giving him shit about his last movie being a flop, the lodger, uh, that's all real. Like oh, the wow. lodger is a real movie oh. that wasn't a flop that, oh. uh, Alfred Hitchcock made <laughs> with it's Ivor Navarro. It's, it's, it's yeah. in the silent love, era. Yeah. When and Maggie then, Smith says, I love the lodger. Like yeah. you can tell us what happens. None of us are going to see it. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, Maggie Smith is able to be the worst person on earth and make, and yeah. still have me love her because oh, yeah, I, that's a gay trait, yes. I guess. <laughs> but it just oh, is what I, it is. Same with I Kristen Scott that. Thomas. That's I, uh... We're getting too Altman-y. I know. <laughs> Ellen, finish. <laughs> uh, Maggie Smith thought, just for folks that are seeing Gosford Park post potentially seeing, experiencing Downton Abbey, the films or, or the series, it's really hilarious how... Um, Julian Fellows kinds of dig, kind of digs into uh, the character played, you know, different characters, but very much the same, like just the quippy, judgy, um, traditional mm. uh, matriarch vibes. That's mm -hmm. so terrific. Um, I wanted to talk about before we get up, like we were talking about Emily Watson mm -hmm. before we're too far away yeah. from that. My favorite moment, I think, of the whole movie is when she. So, Ryan, uh, Ryan Felipe, I'm not going to know any of the characters' names. I'm sorry. He forces himself on our most empathetic character. Yeah, Mary. Mary. And then Mary tells Emily Watson about it later on. And then, hmm. and she's, you know, 
sympathetic but like you know she's like well just what like kind of whatever sort of brushes it off i think well, that, she, she's like that's it comes with the it comes with the job right it's like she's like seen it all so then ryan felipe goes to emily watson's room <laughs> and is like hey i got some drinks i thought you could use a drink after what's his face gets murdered dumbledore gets murdered <laughs> um <laughs> and she says and you think then she's like, okay, you just give me a minute. And he like waits outside and you're like, oh, he, she's really going to sleep with this piece <laughs> of shit after hearing about what happened. And then he's still waiting out there for so long. And then she comes from a different room yeah. <laughs> back to the door and says something like, oh, you're still here. I can't remember. Do you remember what she says exactly? But I don't. It's like, oh, you're still, you're still here. I figured you would go. And then he's like, oh yeah, did you still want a drink? And she's like, mm, I'm not really feeling it. I'm yeah. tired. Good night. And then shuts the door right in his face. <laughs> It's that's so the amazing the ryan felipe character is such a fun character yeah. uh he, yeah i mean he's Except he's off the... he's awful yeah. he's but it's but fun in hollywood he's known for his discretion no oh, well because he's he fucks whoever he needs to fuck <laughs> yeah which it's is amazing that was such a cute one i i love that like so yes of course he shows up. He's pretending to be a valet. He's not very well. Though. No one likes him. Every, everyone from downstairs is super sus. They're he's just like suspiciously walking around everywhere. Like yeah, but at the same time, he doesn't follow everyone's protocol. Everyone's reacting to how good looking he is. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. We have our we have our gay our gay footman who <laughs> who Richard E. Grant. Uh, says, well, so, oh, sorry, you don't get to look at him in his underwear. <laughs> I also love that moment to the other that, yeah. butler guy. That was well, so but that was cute. But it's interesting, though, because the role of footmen, you would, footmen traditionally were selected for being the best looking, like the best looking guys that would show up uh, to try for a role in service. Hmm. The footmen would be the best looking, hmm. and they are right below the butler. So it's a powerful and important position, but it's also what your guests see. It's like they are your best face forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have to be good looking. They will serve at table. They have, you know, they should be tall. They should be handsome. They Mm -hmm. should be elegant, long of limb and all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So weird. With Ryan (laughs) Felipe, Philippe, Philippe, uh, he just, I don't know, not my type, just no. looks like a 10 year old boy became a man with a magic spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he looks to me. <laughs> like he's a child. He's maybe just baby faced. I don't know. He's Zoltard. He, he had been Zoltard. <laughs> yeah. Zoltard. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Ding, 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 His, he's just this, this like oh, dewy complexion with these like huge lips and just, I don't know. Like, I he guess looks, that was. He looks like a movie star. He, that was the thing of the moment. Specifically looks like a movie star of that moment. Like which, a boy Meaning band. 2001. Yes. He looks like a matinee idol of 2001. Yeah. Which is why he was cast. It did like I'm sure Robert Altman's like I don't give a shit if he can act I don't give a shit if he can do anything like yeah. he's he looks like who I need it's the same when well, St- when Stanley Kubrick cast Ryan O'Neill as Barry Lyndon same fucking thing ah oh, but Barry Lyndon yeah but um but Ryan are we saying his last name improperly Felipe uh I don't know um and honestly I don't care Ryan if you want to call us and let us know I think it's fine <laughs> the, the lines are um, open. Rianne well, Twilight. okay. 
So Pilipi. He, he is credited with being one of he's the star, the bankable star that got this film made. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank thank you. Of, because of all that, yeah, I know you. what you did last summer, money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? For real. No, Probably. he's he was cruel, a he was a teen idol. Cruel inten- is he cruel intentions? Yeah. He is in Cruel Intentions. intentions. Yeah. Yeah. Another movie that I really like. No. Oh, it's not? No. Oh. What am I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) I can't even respond. Wait, what's the one with the (laughs) author, the lady who's an author? It's like in Malibu. Is that Altman? Are you talking about The Long Goodbye? No. The lady who's an author in Malibu. And she murders her husband and she writes a book about a woman murdering her husband. What am I thinking of? Are you thinking of Basic Instinct? Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's Paul Verhoeven. Oh, Verhoeven. Who I can't wait to get to. She, Cannot fucking wait. <laughs> she writes a book about murdering her husband. <laughs> well, we can. I don't remember Tomato, tomato. <laughs> Doesn't she? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, clearly. <laughs> uh, I, I love at the very beginning when everyone shows up to the house and uh, the Countess uh, Trentham is is uh, stepping out of her car of course she's bone dry everyone else is drenched and Kristen scott thomas comes up and they just have the most hilariously um tone deaf aristocratic uh conversation where they say the word horrid about 5500 times <laughs> yeah. describe the abject misery which they have been experiencing just that one day like was it horrid i'm having a horrid 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 are you horrid, having a horrid day it's so horrid obviously it's horrid but Kristen Scott Thomas uh, just drops a line that's so funny because then you realize, like, she, is she talking about the dog? Is she talking about her husband? Where um, Maggie Smith says something about, oh, there's that awful little dog. And it's like, why does everyone hate the dog? Uh, but Kristen Scott Thomas says, the ones we hate live forever. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I can think that. of a couple politicians I feel that way about. Oh, that, hell yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That dog was so cute and so well behaved, and that it like got kicked and thrown around on. It just like <laughs> Kristen Scott Thomas so much kicks the dog. Ugh. So Kristen Scott Thomas is, I think she's playing the most unlikable character in the movie. Well, she kicks a for dog, me. So yes. She kicks a dog, mm-hmm. and that kind of just nails it for me. Yeah, um, because Maggie Smith is so funny <laughs> yeah. um, that I don't mind when she's mean. Like it's, it's, she's like a drag queen. Like it's when you're, yeah. when you're mean, you're funny. <laughs> uh, whereas Kristen Scott Thomas is like, Oh, you, you're actually mean. Like you really, you would kill me if you had the chance. Yeah. Um, although yeah. I also, I have a huge, huge thing for Kristen Scott Thomas. I think she Under is. Under the cherry moon. Yes. Uh, her first movie. Oh, By really? the way, her first movie was Prince's Under the Cherry Moon. Uh, I have loved her since then, obviously, but I just mm. love her. Uh, I think she's so cool. I have a huge crush on her in this weird way. I, I, I don't know. Is she is she masculine to you? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> uh, Ellen. I'm talking to Ellen. <laughs> oh. oh, is she masculine? Yeah, I'm just, I have a, I've, there's been some theories floated around that I have a thing for mask, quote unquote, masculine women. And I, for me, a lot of the times I'm like, well, all I see is the feminine. <laughs> well, um, I mean, just to oversimplify that dr- dramatically. Yeah. Um, She wears her hair short most of the time. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. And she does have the most 
just yummy yet dangerous bone structure. Her bones can fuck a person up. Like she, she has a Isabelle Hubert vibe to me. She does. So I just love that, and I yeah, we're you're a slut for that kind of energy. I I am. I just I yeah. I I just love it. I I've loved her forever, and I will continue to love her. This is this is not not about this movie. So like, do you like like, like let me see like Lindsay Krause? Uh, I do. Uh, although I okay. think I think Lindsay Krause is made of wood, <laughs> uh, and I I like her because of Buffy, uh, not because of mammoths. Uh, although when I, I saw House of Games after I saw Buffy like twenty times through, and mm-hmm. Seeing her in that, I was like, oh, my God, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) But she's made of wood. Just like, I think, wasn't it you that said that Lucy Liu is carved out of prison soap? (laughs) (laughs) Prison soap? (laughs) Wow. Not even just soap, but prison soap. No, Ellen's got away with words. That's so good. Oh my god! I don't know if that was me. I I, I carved out of prison. I feel like you said that to me. <laughs> um, the night that we watched SWAT, <laughs> she's carved out of prison. <laughs> All anyone needs to know about that is that there was a night that we watched SWAT. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh god! And we were excited about it too. Me. Very, very. We I haven't watched it since either, and I really kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, horrid, 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 horrid. Oh, Mr. Do you like horrid Gwendolyn day. Christie? Is she in this line of masculine women for you? Uh, is that uh, Brienne of Tarth? Brienne of Tarth. I love her. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. Um, although my experience with her is limited to like three movies. One series and three movies. Uh, but I do love her. Yeah. Me too. Hmm. I think she's so great. Wow, I've never picked up on on that type for you. But it's been okay. pointed out to me by other by other uh, people, by heterosexual people, <laughs> by effeminate women, <laughs> by effeminate women That's who are in love like, with you. That could be kind of a fun game. We could just sit here for hours while Joe and I just like shout out names, <laughs> shout out names of women that, that you think, think are probably. masculine. Yeah, yes. that's a way to get canceled. I'm We're just even, gonna. <laughs> I'm not, it's not even for me, women that I think are masculine. I'm just like keying in on the characteristics that yeah. I think those like we just we just put like our markers there, and then it's just like oh, we're just ping pong back and forth between those. Yeah. And there's plenty of folks. What about- I will say that I, uh, aside from Terminator Two, I have no uh, care for Linda Hamilton. <laughs> uh, really? Oh, she's great. Just the Terminator movies. I you love, love her Sigourney, those. though. I know that. Come, everybody loves Sigourney. That's that's. Come on. What about yeah, Ryan that's, Felipe? That's she's pretty masculine. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Felipe her. is. Uh, <laughs> she's weird. She looks like she got Zoltar. <laughs> Zoltard. Get Zolt Zoltar. You know who we have yet to talk about because he's not in this movie. Oh, is Lawrence Fox. Lawrence Fox. Link. He's in maybe one. He is scene. in this movie. Who is he? He's what in the he? movie. He's business? one of the two young men that show up late at night for the hunt. So they're not allowed in the movie. Um, but yeah, Lawrence Fox is basically there to cue up the other guy for his lines <laughs> and that's it yeah i don't even remember what the other guy's lines were what is their relation to the party do we know well lawrence fox's character is a suitor for isabel right is that what the deal is is she the one mm-hmm. who's super because strung out when they 
Oh, the, <laughs> the with the big hair. Her, her hair looks. Her hair looks strung out. She just needs a VO five hot oil treatment real bad. <laughs> yeah. So she's Isabel is the daughter of Kristen Scott Thomas yes. and uh, Dumbledore two Dumbledore, and she's the one that's and getting manhandled by that blonde asshole. All she's time. getting yeah. blackmailed. By James Wilby, by the guy who James I Wilby. thought was Lawrence Fox for half the movie. Yeah, no, James Wilby, yes. who was who was also in the Sitterford mystery, though in none of us mystery. noticed him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I I noticed him, but he, yeah. Whoa. Okay. What but, did these characters add anything? Why were they even in the movie? I was confused about. They showed up. They were late. They got put in the billiard room. Then they kind of disappeared in the background. Well, there, there's uh, there is it's to it's for the scene at the end where Isabel uh confronts him uh, right and then she catches him saying some bullshit about i mean it, it all comes back around to this thing where people are using her for so they're using her for money or you know they're attempting to use her for social status and money and it's just sort of it's a little rough yeah isabel isabel's got it a little rough she's like poor little rich girl yeah. and her daddy's dead yeah so she's being blackmailed by Wilby, who is Mabel's husband. Right. And you love Mabel. I love Mabel. And let me tell you why. So Mabel is the woman that's blonde asshole husband yells at her and says she looks ridiculous. Stop snuggling. Um, Everyone will think you're Italian. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) One of the greatest lines ever. (laughs) (laughs) But he's the one that says, like, when they're getting ready for dinner, when she's supposed to get ready for dinner, like, try yeah. not to look so common. Or He says... Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Those are two different things. Louisa's the one who uh, Charles Dance tells her to stop sniveling. People oh, yeah, think yeah. she's that's, Italian. That's totally... Mabel yeah. is berated many other times, but yeah. by her husband, James Wilby. So, yes. Yeah, so, Mabel is introduced as a character who is there to be abused yeah like we we are we are introduced to her being abused she's crying she's she is then uh united with emily watson for a moment where emily watson shows her the the most minuscule (laughs) bit of humanity which she is she is so touched by yeah and then so this is so this is so altman i love it uh (laughs) you present this character this this character that that is so downtrodden and it's it's horrible to watch them and then you give them everything you give them everything that everybody else in the room wants which is the attention of this of the film star oh uh-huh. he starts playing piano she is obs- she just all she wants to do is see him play piano uh-huh. uh will be says some bullshit to her what does he say to like don't stare at him while you're sitting at my at my shoulder or something like that Mm-hmm. Um, but it's impossible for her to not. So she just goes over and stands next to the piano and eventually just sits next to him. And he is just lavishing her with attention. So cute. I love that. Yeah. Like it just, it's such a treat. The, uh, Shelley Duvall plays that character in McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Right. Um, that where, where you, you just, you feel so bad for this person. And then you realize that they are, <laughs> that they are good. Mm. So that the, the things that they need will be given to them because they are good. Right. Carrie Mulgan plays this character in the Sidiford mystery. <laughs> yes. And sure. Then, yeah. Well, so a scene, I guess a character we haven't, haven't talked about. Um, it, uh, 
Tony Meredith. So that's Louise, not Louise's husband. It's, oh my God. There's the so one many with people. The, mm-hmm. Wait, so there's Isabel, there's Mabel, there's Louisa. Who is married to Tony <laughs> Meredith? Anyways, he has the, he has the most delightful scene where he is in, in the pantry. Oh, eating jam? In the butler's oh, yeah. pantry, eating jam. And it is just one of my favorite scenes in the film. It sounds um, really good. <laughs> the Halloween raspberry jam. Mm-hmm. October 31st. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Uh, that made the the woman <laughs> who is in love with the butler, uh, which is yeah, in love so with, delightful. She's in love with Mr. Lewis. Ugh. Um. Oh my gosh! I mean, so much they of this just movie have... is just so great. I can't. It's it's making me crazy. Like just talking about little <laughs> right. details. I'm just like, oh, it's so amazing. It brings so amazing. you to it's another so little so detail that is so great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like you don't know where to oh start gosh. either. Yeah. What is her character's name? But anyways, there's an exchange where he's eating jam, and it is so touching. Um, it's really special. For lack of a word, describe it. But Tom Hollander is he? He's isn't he? What's his face in White Lotus? Yeah, he's one of the gays that tries to kill. Uh, gays, they're she's trying gays. to kill me. She's gays. She's gays. <laughs> Do you know these gays? <laughs> these gays. Use your money to uh, like I don't know, decorate their house and some or shit. Some shit. I love him. I love Tom Hollander. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's a cutie. He's adorable. And it's so yeah. funny. He looks, I always, <laughs> I, I always make this mistake because I think uh, every time I see him, I'm like, how have you not aged at all? Um, Peter McNichol and him <laughs> look so similar. Oh my gosh. Peter McNichol. Yeah. So I Peter can McNichol. Think of when he first entered my life, Sophie's Choice. Oh, for me, it was uh. Dragon Slayer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Equally good. Equally good. <laughs> I honestly agree. Uh, but yeah, I I love I love Hollander. I think um, I think he's wonderful. I love everybody in this cast. I think everyone there. There's no one that that sucks. What about Ryan Felipe? Uh, he has a time and place, and I love him. <laughs> and for this that. is it. <laughs> well, no, I like I like him. I like I like the '90s. He's in nowhere, so he's he's always going to have a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have enough experience with him to really say anything about him Mm. of any significance although that doesn't usually stop me um from (laughs) waxing effusively about others so perhaps i have just learned something about my own perspective on that actor but i think he's great in this he just has that wide-eyed but cunning sort of vibe that i think is just so perfectly placed for the character so well done he plays a male hustler very well yeah he's a jig yeah. he plays a hustler well like yeah. i i love that i love that bob bellman's mm-hmm. fucking him i love that he's like just yeah. down to do whatever he is discreet which is hilarious you know discreet is a tab on gay dating apps <laughs> oh Did yeah. you is know it that? really yeah, married, it is. Married no men. i didn't know yeah. that isn't that funny <laughs> and gross would it be weird if i did know that <laughs> actually it would be I very mean, weird is it a tab that. on straight dating apps also probably not we'll see there was a dating app there there was a dating <laughs> app specifically no for married men i forget what it was called oh uh foxhole all of them madison yeah. county but <laughs> it, was, it was like a, a name <laughs> i thought it was 
Jones. I don't know. Madison Reed. That's a healthcare filler, I think. But there was, it's like a woman's name. Yeah, I think you might be right. But yeah, it was, but for, it was for married, married men. men to cheat on. Oh, their I wish that, I wish it wives. was Modesty Blaze, but I oh know that's not it. Modesty Blaze. <laughs> I loved uh, when they got the. I think Richard E. Grant got his revenge on Ryan Felipe when Maggie Smith sitting next to him on the couch. Is it Richard E. Grant who just spills an entire thing of coffee all yes. over his lap? Yes, he and does. Nobody cares, and he's like, "You did that on purpose," and gets all flustered. That's, that's a great again, moment. Super funny because, like, just before that, Bob Balaband, who is the American who we're also supposed to kind of hate, but we, it's he's kind of an it's an innocuous hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he shows up at breakfast and he learns that oh, the Englishman the is never served at breakfast. Uh, and of course, the butler is extremely kind to him and says, maybe you would like to choose your own, your own eggs and tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> but right. it's, hint, and hint, beans. hint, dummy. Yeah. After this, it's after this moment, this exchange that Ryan Felipe walks <laughs> <The> in. <coffee. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a cup of coffee. It's, it's, it's over there. It's over there. Yeah. So great. <laughs> Just delightful. And then, then he's, he, he keeps saying shit like, I'm one of you. Like, I'm <laughs> <laughs> now that now that my but, facade is over, I am one of you. Yeah. Right. But fair is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, God. If the situation was the other way around, people upstairs would lose their shit if somebody got all Becky Thatcher on them um, and was, you know, the infidel that, you know. So I think it's funny when he he uh, says to Kristen Scott Thomas, like, you're. Your guest beds, what does he say? Your guest beds are much more comfortable than your servants' beds or something to that effect. Like he cuts her with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a significant glimpse into that character. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of, you know, of course, Americans, like as mawkish and hideous as we are, as little as we understand uh, of uh, the OG colonizers' ways. Um, <laughs> the. <laughs> It's still always such a great device to use the American as the leveler, right? As mm-hmm. the the character that just sees and says the things that, you know, goes to the place that nobody else will go. They're yeah. constantly trespassing and in violation. That's the thing. It's always a it's always a violation. Yeah. <laughs> to be offended at. We're always we're always in the wrong fucking place. But, they're, they're always on man, a call to what's California. Funnier than, What's funnier than Balaban's delivery, though, when he's on the phone, he's like, I'd like to make a place a call to California, 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 California. (laughs) And just when he's just like just standing there in in the entryway, just like yelling down that phone so loud. It's so funny. I love when Mr. Weissman's on the phone when the detective and police are in the mansion. He's like the valet did it talking about his movie. That's the exact yeah. same situation so as this perfect. movie. Yeah. It's very Robert Altman. The valet did it yeah. clearly. So and using, right. using Bob Balaban as, as a character just constantly on the phone too. like, that's a, that's another Altman trick. Yeah. Of like tying yeah. together all of this. Oh, he is Mr. White. Right. Bob it's Bellman. like Jeff okay, Goldblum yeah. on, on the, on the uh, motorcycle in Nashville, yeah, and the, well, <laughs> yeah, and in Nashville, the 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 politician that's driving around in the van, uh, yep. uh, yelling with the with the megaphone that says his 
political views and uh, the the it's, the radio announcer announcements in mash and uh the yeah, song yeah. the theme song in long goodbye mm-hmm. it's so perfect he just threads that needle so beautifully and it stitches everything together mm-hmm. just like beautiful looping mm-hmm. and it feels so natural stitching. it doesn't feel forced and, at all yeah. just yeah. like it flows oh Ugh. it's great weissman on the phone too was like later on he was like they have the, he want he wants them to have English accents, and then he goes on to say they speak like they're from England. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, did that need to be explained? It does to uh, to a Californian to Hollywood, Hollywood producers, Hollywood yes. California, <laughs> California. Yeah, and he was like, they're researching that movie, but they were he was, he was like, well, will you shoot it here? No, we'll no, shoot it in Hollywood we'll shoot it on, on the back, back lot. lot. <laughs> so I good. so one of for me one of the funniest. Uh, parts of the film is of course <laughs> when Stephen Fry shows up it's always funny mm-hmm. um, wherever <sighs> he goes it's funny but when he is playing the inspector and there's the beleaguered constable who is continually finding the evidence mm-hmm. um, surrounding the crime that you know is telling us like exactly or reminding us of, of how it all went down and he continually dismisses him and it's just so perfect yeah when he he's like there's a broken coffee cup back here uh spilled and he's, he's like there's people they'll clean up yeah, <laughs> they'll yeah. clean up that stuff you know it's just really or that he keeps he's just touching he keeps, <laughs> go, he tr- keeps trying to pour himself a glass of whiskey <laughs> yeah. which is yep. so they haven't dusted that yet me like i just felt so attacked and seen at the same time <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but of course there are folks that we're ruining this movie for um, yeah. Helen Mirren's character brings uh, William, who's hiding in the library after being exposed by Elsie, the maid, having their affair exposed. He's like being a dick in the library, and um, she brings him a cup of coffee, which he swats away, and it lands on, spills, and lands on the floor. And then she pours the whiskey, and of course she is poisoning him yeah which, which also when he drinks it he makes a face like "Ugh, this tastes awful. yeah he yeah yeah it's so Clear. it's all so fucking smart and then then we get the beautiful um scene of muddy foots muddy foots <laughs> muddy foots i think the word is feet uh <laughs> muddy feet muddy walking foots. in foots. <laughs> mr muddy foots. walking in through the through the false door in the uh uh, bookshelf, which is, uh-huh. I'm sorry, but can you Scooby do any better than that? Uh, no. and, and then they stab the guy, Scooby-Doo. and he doesn't like the body doesn't react when he gets stabbed. Right, right. It's a it's a perfect like. Yeah, that was Robert Altman unusual. is telling you. Yeah, he's already dead. Like he's yeah. stabbing a dead body, and then there's no blood. The police say. Yeah, and then the next time we see Clive Owen, he's out of breath, delivering. One hot of those water hot bottles. water bottles to and those uh, beautiful Mary. Mary. Those beautiful like satin cases. Yeah. Like, Jesus, <laughs> those things are incredible. Yeah, which you guess you just like hold on your stomach while you go to sleep. There's I like you just yeah, because it's fucking freezing because yeah. there's no central heating. Yeah, there's just fireplaces everywhere. Um, speaking of Clive Owen, is it time for pick your bug? <laughs> <laughs> I go wow. first, and my first one was the servant slash butler slash maid slash footman, <laughs> I don't know, who gets called out for being gay, because he was so cute. Oh, I love him. He was so cute, and like when he got called out, 
that reaction was really great and mm. kind of nerve wracking. And then the my final my actual poke is just uh, a character that I only know by the name piano player. I don't remember who that was. Or That's anything. Jeremy Northam. Jeremy Northam Iver. playing actor Ivor Novello. Yeah, okay. singing songs from Ivor Novello's films. <laughs> You've seen it more than once, so, so you know. great. Yeah, he's my poke. Uh, Ellen? I don't know that you have to see it more than once to know it's Jeremy Northam. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But um, for me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, uh, um gosh um well gosh okay gosh uh <laughs> why do we do this to innocent <laughs> ellen oh, i don't know <laughs> no this time it's not because i'm it's hard it's, by the segment. <laughs> it's because i have two which is 200% more than I usually have unless I'm trying to be a, what I perceive as a good sport or a normal person. <laughs> um, it's uh, neck and neck for me between Tom Hollander, who I love, who we just fell down the tiny rabbit hole of loving him, mm. and Richard E. Grant, who is just truly one of my most favorite everythings. Yeah. How I love Richard E. Grant. just all the things love the performances love the writing love all of it and he also has like the greatest instagram account ever oh, really i've never checked out his instagram Ew. oh he's a, just, a, he's another delightful. treasure he is an absolute treasure right we watched uh with nail and i for one of our summer movie series in the courtyard of our mm. apartment building and it was so good yeah oh i love that movie oh it's just the best yeah i want to rewatch that who doesn't want to quote from with nail and i all the live long day <laughs> oh wow, he's got so many reels he's keeping with it he's up to date well, on the social media it's it's really it's truly a really sweet and superhuman um kind of instagram account nice so there you go nice if we're talking about british actors um, that, we are that <laughs> have great Instagram accounts. I also recommend David Thewlis's Instagram account. Oh, ah, David Thewlis. <laughs> and I recommend David Thewlis if people are are asking. No one's asking, but could he be more delightful? The answer is no. I do. <laughs> I do love David. Thewlis. The answer is no. Then you should follow. My poke is shit. Okay, Kristen's so it was Scott Thomas. It it just kept vacillating and between. <laughs> it's Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. Uh, <laughs> it kept going between Jeremy Northam and Clive Owen. <laughs> but sorry, uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Why am I laughing like that? I'm going curveball. I'm going curveball, and I'm choosing Hollander. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> because I like a short king. Short king. Aww, that shot of Clive please. Owen on the bed smoking the cigarette, reading his tiny little book, is like. Just, Dude, I think it's a normal size book. This is it. This it movie. Tiny. This movie made me want a cigarette so bad. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Desperate for a fag. I was desperate for a fag. <laughs> oh my god! Jeremy Northam. I always think of how he's in the net that Sandra Bullock movie, and then I think of don't. That hey, we haven't gotten to hot game. links yet. <laughs> Oh, that video game, Mozart's Ghost, which, as you know, is one of my favorite things ever created and put in a movie. It's Mozart's Ghost. Mozart's Ghost. Yeah, I love it. 
Are we switching straight to hot links? Do we want to talk about fashion? I so Bob Balaban wears a jacket in on the second day. Uh, the the jacket he wears to the shoot, um, to the shooting, is mm. so spectacular. It's like it looks like a Burberry plaid, but it's not exactly a Burberry plaid. Mm. It's like a small Burberry plaid. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's fantastic. As long as you keep saying Burberry plaid, Burberry plaid. over and over again. I feel like I the more I say it, the more, the more it makes sense. I loved uh, I Maggie like Smith. I like that you can speak that. When she was getting fitted for whatever sparkly gown she was going to wear to whatever social event with the same people over and over again. How awkward does that get? Where you just keep dressing up for the same people over and over again? Awkward enough that you, Start you thrive on uh, gossip right. and murder. Yeah. Um, I loved that dress and I loved uh, Kristen or wait, who? Oh, fuck, I just spaced her name in the bathtub. This Emma Watson, sl- Emma Watson with the slip. No, Emily Watson. Emily. Emily Watson. Oh, yeah. Emma Watson is Emma Watson. It's a different person. <laughs> Dumbledore 2.0. Dumbledore 2.0. Hermoine. 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 Hermione. Hermione. That is how I pronounce her. <laughs> when I read that book, I pronounced it Hermione. I think I pronounced Hermione for a long, long time. Hermione. Sorry, Hermione uh, is not a name that exists in America. No. Um, I guess I wasn't really tracking the fashion, but I think it's because um, in terms of the Julian Fellows-ness of it all, the Julian Fellows-verse, Downton Abbey just kills it up and down, left and right, really? diagonally, all across, all this the ways true. does it just kill with the fashion is oh. so it's devastating to <laughs> to behold huh. um it i would say like it even for folks that don't get into costume drama soapy costume drama um it's worth it for the clothes like <laughs> put it on without sound i don't care what you do the clothing is just so incredible so this one doesn't really track for me except for a look at the end that is a look that, and I'm not saying this to flatter myself because I think it's probably weird, but it's um, a layering thing that I like to do. And so I was just like, wow, I wonder if I was like, have been ripping it off from uh, 1930s or early or 1900s uh, hunt vibes the whole <laughs> time. <laughs> but Kristen Scott Thomas at the very end she's there in her riding breeches because they we know she goes riding everyone she's there in her riding breeches as everyone's leaving and she has on a beautiful tweed jacket but over it she has a first stole yeah mm. and so for me the coat with the uh stole over it like particularly the tailored coat coat with the stole over it is is a look i'm really into although it looks so cool on her i think it probably makes me look like i'm in some kind of weird small town dinner theater thing where there's not enough people that live there. And so I am putting a fur thing on my coat to play like fat old factory cigar man or something. But usually when I initially leave the house, I feel very cool. Do you wear a bowler hat with it? Is that why? <laughs> Almost. You're in like the Northgate the community. The bowler hat is implied. Northgate community theater, Gosford Park <laughs> production. <laughs> Uh, implied bowler hats bowler hat. if i have to make a career change i hope that i can just be a guy who sings old-timey songs on a piano at fancy parties how fun would that be i mean really you could 
I should do that. You could take piano lessons. I want to do that. Um, and then you'd have to take some voice lessons. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you wonder what a duke should be, just you take another look at me. That's, oh my god! So that, I was that, that, that song was stuck in my head all night, but I kept looking over at Boba. <laughs> if you wonder what a bob should be, <laughs> just you take another look at me. Just put a carrot in my mouth. You'll see. <laughs> Well, another line was, you've got the lips for me, the hips for me. Like right when the, before the scream, I think that's, that's me, what he says. Me. You've got the lips for me, the hips for me. Well, one of the songs he's saying I loved so oh. much. The Land of Might Have Been is yes. one of my favorites. The Land That Thank Might Have Been. Thank you. Like, so you can just have every single feeling you've ever experienced. That song gives you the room to have it in the most delightful way. It Like you can cry, you can laugh you can cry laugh which is a disturbing totally separate thing <laughs> you right you can look wistfully out the window you can <sighs> act in your own your own idea of the movie of your life that song is that yeah so great it's it was fantastic. really good and i have to say that i'm i'm a particular fan of the version in the movie not the version in the in the credits but the version in the movie that's just piano and jeremy northam singing um mm -hmm. Fun fact, the person playing piano was Christopher Northam, Jeremy Northam's brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Aww. Oh, interesting. Isn't that great? That's nice. I like it when siblings are talented. Yeah. That sounded fetishy, but you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> I like it when siblings I like it are when, talented. I like, I like brothers. <laughs> are these like actual songs from the time Sisters. period? Yeah. So I was just thinking like... If Sisters... <laughs> The Gosford Park that Baz Luhrmann directed, this would have been like Nirvana. Yeah, no, it would have. Oh god, no, it would have been so those. Stupid. It would have been those songs that just would have been played with like a keytar. Uh huh. Fucking Baz Because <laughs> these songs are great. That whole scene is so good when the, all the maids and the, all the wait staff are just at the door and they're so nervous. If anyone comes in, they have to like get back to what they're doing. It's so amazing. Last thing I want to say before we move on is the Helen Mirren character at the end when she's explaining, she's not explaining, but she's just being like, I don't give a fuck, basically. Uh, we're not going to talk about this anymore. Then I, at this point, didn't fully understand what was happening. Even so, when she goes into that room and she has her breakdown and yeah. starts crying, that was such a powerful moment that even though I didn't, fully understand what was happening or why I was so <laughs> moved and they would not if this movie was I don't know it just they would not show that part of that character oh I just feel like that was I was like taken I was like shocked yeah that they were showing this angle of this character it was beautiful of the murderer yeah the it was so <laughs> well, that she murdered him. and so <laughs> realistic so well acted because it could also easily be soapy and cheesy but it was so realistic and amazing that let me, moment. Let me tell you that's the one thing i remembered from this movie oh really that is the one mm. thing wow it's just i remembered that the end was helen Mirren crying and me being insanely moved by it yeah and so for what 20 years i've just like had that thought in my head and then last night i got to like re-experience that oh my god it's so it's moving really fun it's powerful everybody rewatch movies that you like it's it's really neat yeah <laughs> it just that character that wouldn't be shown in a lot of movies like a lot of directors no, I, they I feel like they, they wouldn't, wouldn't show that so i wouldn't afford the time but so to just put it plainly she murdered him so that her son wouldn't get 
wouldn't murder him and wouldn't go down wouldn't for be, murder. Wouldn't be sent to prison for murder. So why is she having this breakdown? Because she's going to go to jail? No, because she's seeing her son as an adult and putting this together. She hasn't seen him oh. since she gave him up. And so when he first arrives, he says... His, his name, name, I'm Mr. Parks. Uh-huh. And Which she he doesn't know. To. Yeah, he doesn't know that she is his birth mother, his mm-hmm. mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but she immediately realizes because she's had that picture of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she follows him like uncharacteristically, like she's there, like telling everyone where to go, like the guns down here and the this down there. And when you're here, you're, you're this and that you're Trentham, you know, but then when he comes in and just kind of brushes past her, you know, you're Mr. Stockbridge. She's like, I'm parks. And she chases after him and she says, are you, she's trying to, to figure it out. Like she says, are you, uh, any relation i work to the parks and wherever are you any relation because she's she's like oh like all of a sudden it clicks for her mm. and then the wheels start turning and so she's i she knows why he's there know, she knows he's but, there to kill yeah immediately the guy um wow, Dumbledore. wow. But, <laughs> but it's it's also just like just the idea of that the difficulty you know the conflict she has with her sister where they oh acknowledge God. that they mm-hmm. someone acknowledges that the housekeeper or right, she's the housekeeper. That it's she's that Helen Mirren's the housekeeper yes. and her sister is the cook. Kitchen. Yeah. So Helen Mirren is one step above, you know, she runs the household and her sister is slightly beneath her, but people don't know that they are sisters. Oh in the house and they have this enmity between them and one of the characters says like i don't know or i think elsie says like i don't know why they always you know have it out for each other or whatever but it's one of the reasons is like obviously they know that they are sisters yeah Mm -hmm. but these things have happened to them and one of the the things that breeds the resentment goes back to these children of rape Mm. um the one sister she feels like she convinced her to keep her child and her child becomes sick and dies Uh, and so she has that tragedy and the other one helen mirren gives up her child and that is her tragedy and so the truly beautiful part is that the sisters reconnect they're connected at that trauma mm -hmm. for better or for worse but they are sisters Mm -hmm. and they both understand what it's like the, the thought to both to lose a child and to think of losing a child i think is is what that's really and we Jesus. get on. we Amazing. get we get that we get that like that peak of their relationship uh mm-hmm. at the end and then we also in our in our agreed upon favorite scene we get the other side of their relationship where helen mirren while uh Nivolo is playing piano yeah comes down and say, tells everyone to get back to work. What are you doing? Standing on the stairwell. Oh, listening Dorothy's to under me. Yep. And then yeah. her sister says, uh-uh. Yeah. These, these are my bitches. And my jurisdiction. I say right. what you get. Like, I have jurisdiction here. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We all love that. But this she is walks before away. we know that they're sisters. Uh, so it is like a, it's kind of a treat when you find out that they're sisters. There, yeah. There's, this movie is full of treats. It's a, it's a fucking Easter basket of treats. Yeah. I mean, just her, sobs are so Ugh. 
she's so anguished. It's so, you know, it's um, just violent sobbing. You know, yeah. she is she is destroyed because the real tragedy is that she will never tell Mr. Parks that she knows it's him and that she is his mother. Yeah. And I think that that's really the loss. I don't think it has anything to do with having to take the extreme measure to poison this person because let's be real. Well, Are you really going to be that upset about <laughs> yeah. poisoning somebody that raped you and your sister? No. no. But um the but it is her employer. You know, it's like it's it's a really interesting way to think about the power structure and and what that means and how people need to have jobs. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, she knows that she has saved him. She knows she can never tell. She can never share that, that she knows that he was angry enough to do that. And then I also wonder like, how would it, how must it feel to have your child think that you are dead Mm -hmm. and you are very much alive. You are right downstairs Mm -hmm. and you are, doing everything you can to make sure that your child isn't isn't held back again, isn't stopped, isn't you're, damaged by this person. You're still being a mother. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's fucking heavy. <laughs> it's heavy, but it's also like the double murder is just oh, I love the almond twist. Oh my yeah. God. Ugh. Uh what what are our what do you think about Gosford Park Joe? Oh my God. I mean just amazing. I could watch this movie forever. Uh, it's a, I think it's a ten out of ten. It's Yay! just like the more you think about it, I'm gonna definitely rewatch it probably like five more times and just live in that world again. It's a masterpiece. I am. That makes me so fucking happy. You have no idea. It's amazing. Oh my god! I'm, I am. I mean, like, I'm not done talking about Gosford Park. <laughs> Will I ever be done talking about Gosford Park? But I have to say this, and I was about to like start talking really fast, as if like they're playing me off or something. Um, <laughs> Flashing the light. But none of us mentioned Derek Jacoby's beautiful oh. turn as Probert, and he has such a moving scene where he is weeping over the death of his employer mm-hmm. over the murder of Sir William. And it's really, it's just a really, really striking scene, a really touching moment. There's so much in this. Like it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to touch everything that actually affected you even. Uh, hot links. Wait, Ellen, did you want to rate this movie? <laughs> Ellen doesn't do rate. No, I don't oh, want right. to rate the Okay. Movies. Okay. But you'll say, don't don't, don't watch game, it. <laughs> so it's a fail. Ellen likes <laughs> Ellen likes the movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that we were doing. We were skipping over Ellen entirely. Just shut up. I didn't know Ellen that was a rule. Okay. I didn't know that was a rule. <laughs> Hot links. Eric, please tell Joe to pass the salt. <laughs> <laughs> I have fourteen. I don't know. I have a bunch. I have three. Oh wow. So I, I'm just going to list them, and then I'm going to choose one. My first was Emily Watson because I wanted to, I wanted more Emily Watson mm. and Breaking the yeah. Waves is the one that I came up with uh, and I'm not sure I want to watch that. No, no I've one, never no seen one. it. Oh, you haven't? No. What? I've oh, never shit. seen it. Oh, I don't I don't man. know that I want to talk about that movie. I know. I've loved Lars von Trier overall mostly his movies. I do love that movie and if you want to watch it, I will watch it with you, but I, I don't I don't know that I want to talk about it. After this mm-hmm. I'm like kind of I kind of want something lighter. 
uh-huh. for the next episode. Okay, okay. So okay. the next one was Richard E. Grant, obviously. My first one was Ready to Wear, which I just found out while we were recording Robert is another Altman. Robert Altman movie. Yeah, Pret-a-Porter. Yeah, which I had no idea. Also, Ab Fab Season 2, Episode 1, yeah. <laughs> which Eric's been watching some Ab Fab, and I've really never seen a full episode, but I've seen the movie, which was super confusing. Oh, yeah. No, the, mu- the movie makes no sense if you <laughs> have not spent years of your life watching the series. Yeah, it was confusing. <laughs> My third one. This is one... a bee, Eddie. This is a bee. <laughs> this is a bee. <laughs> <laughs> but you both have seen Ready to Wear, Preda Porta. I, I saw it when it came out. Oh, Ellen, yeah. have you seen? Okay. Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas was my third one. Bitter Moon. Oh, wow. Touchy. Rowan Polanski. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to that. Under the Cherry Moon. The moon. Uh, you know I'm not going to say no to that. The sequel to Bitter Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to find a trilogy. Prequel. I was like, it's, it's a prequel. Yeah, it's Kristen Scott Thomas in three moon things, but she was only two. Bitter Moon. But. She's an episode of AbFab as well. She is. Yeah. And so that was my other one. I'm okay. What I'm leaning towards is Richard E. Grant, ready to wear Preta Porte or Kristen Scott Thomas in under the cherry moon. I've, I haven't seen either of them. I know they're not mysteries. I I know they're bitter moon. What the fuck, Joe? Bitter moon fits the, fits the theme a little more, but I would 100% watch under the cherry moon. (laughs) I know. All right, Ellen, what do you got? I, or do you want me to I go? You do you, do you need me to go? I have. I, I don't really have anything because I unfortunately like did not budget my time well this lifetime. <laughs> so I um I just pulled I'll pull one one thing out of thin air, which is Bram Stoker's Dracula for oh. Richard E. Grant. Uh, ooh. I love Bram Stoker's Dracula so much. I think that is one of the greatest movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the hair alone. I, I really, all of it is so spectacular. Okay. Love never dies. So I've got, I've got three and oh. I'm going to okay. let you guys choose which one goes on the wheel. Um, so oh. my first one was Claudia Blakely who played Mabel Nesbitt. I was going, you know, from who, who's the character that I love. You most. love you some Mabel. Nesbitt. I love her. Mm-hmm. She is in an episode of Midsummer Murders. Mm. Oh, do you? Mm. Everyone is. Yeah. Well, all I the know. white people anyway. Literally <laughs> everyone, everybody in Park. the fucking movie is in an episode of Midsummer Yay. Murders. So yeah. I, I was like, okay, what? That's a way to get there. My second one was Helen Mirren. In the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover, oh which Michael God. Gambon is also in. Okay, and that right. is not a mystery, but it is dark as fuck, man. And it's it troubling. is truly beautiful. Ugh, troubling. Um, Ugh. It's really good. The green it's a, away. It's a yeah. really good movie. I just watched Skin of a Rink. I don't need more troubling. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> no it's not like it's like. Oh, it's so beautiful. Okay. okay, I think that's the first time I ever saw Gambon that I'm aware of. I think it He's might be mine too. Just incredible Double in door. that like so <laughs> yeah. yuck he's younger so... he's young he has color in his hair and he's he's horrible oh watching him be yeah, horrible in gossip park was a really weird oh he's even for worse me. than the cook the thief really he's the thief yeah he's really, really i bad. just have like the most positive warm energy for him mm-hmm. only knowing him mm-hmm. as dumbledore so okay so my huh. third my third is mm-hmm. uh kristen scott thomas mm-hmm. in a french film called tell no one 
which hmm. is a which is a legit mystery. Ooh. Um, have you never seen this, Ellen? No. Okay. I, I mean, I've seen it and I love. Have it. I? That sounds Who interesting. A French person. Oh my god. Okay, so i you, you don't like French people. Since we're just skipping ahead <laughs> to the decision wheel on my phone, we both chose. Two of us chose Richard E. Grant, and then two of us chose Kristen Scott Thomas. So I think we should do between those two. Oh, you and just then, want to do like an A B, and then another wheel of whatever project. Okay, does that sound good? Yeah. Unless you oh, do, you have strong feelings about something that we should watch? No, I don't. I don't. I'm I'm really down for any of these. Um, oh, I know why. I think I knew because it's the tell no one is a Harlan Coben thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay. good or bad? Um, it depends on the production. Oh, okay. it's, I've never read. I've never read the books because I just wouldn't. So are, it's a I fantastic movie. Do that. Since we have a lot of choices, I can't. I don't know how to narrow mine down. I think we should put Richard E. Grant and Kristen Scott Thomas on the wheel. Let it decide, and then shoot, and then put the projects. Does that sound good to you, Ellen? Okay. Okay. I'm down, I'm down for any of this mess. All right. Richard E. Grant or Kristen Scott Thomas. Kristen, Kristen Scott, Scott Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> my right. lady. All right. My my masculine lady. What what are our Kristen Scott? <laughs> oh, I have to watch an ad for this wheel app. What are our Kristen Scott Thomas projects? Tell, tell no one is mine. Under the Cherry Moon. Is that mine? <laughs> Under the Cherry Moon was Ellen's. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. Is that allowed to not do a mystery? Well, you seem very determined to uh, <laughs> derail us, us in that direction. I'm, I'm just down for anything that's going to put us put us into other realms of. Uh, but mix. I, I like, mean, like it's it's either that or abfab. So <laughs> I know that that abfab episode is not great either. Oh no! Okay, well, I'll do under the cherry moon or bitter moon. Do bitter moon. Do bitter moon. That's at least dark. <laughs> okay. And it might get us to Rosemary's Baby. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been to. Should we do just the two? I'd say add Bram Stoker's Dracula to this. And what? Just a wild card. I think that all three of us should be represented in the wheel. I think so too. Okay. Bitter Moon, Bram Stoker, Dracula, or Tell No One. Spin the wheel. Tell No One. Oh my God. Tell No One has been selected. The wheel, the wheel is on my side. Yeah, the uh, wheel is on your side. All right, everybody. We're doing a French movie. Uh, it's on Prime. It's free. It's on Fandor. It's on Plex. It's on Prime. It's on Tubi. There are tons of places. It's on Crackle. It's on fucking oh, Crackle. Crackle. Like, if something's on Crackle, no one has any excuse you know to not good. watch it. <laughs> Two, 2006 sing it. They don't put bad things 2006 on 2006 is becoming... Are your, I, we I are like we're having a 2006 moment. I'm surprised. Yeah, I want to say something because I realized that I uh, was amiss in not bringing up Canopy every mm-hmm. time when you do the nice thing where you support folks with where they can watch things, Eric. Mm-hmm. But um, I was looking for something on Canopy the other day, and I realized that virtually every film that we ever talk about is on canopy right now <laughs> uh including uh tenebrae yeah and uh black christmas mm-hmm. Ooh. but anyways, we watched black christmas for folks on with canopy. with did you mm-hmm. with folks with library cards canopy. On canopy. it's canopy. great library cards are free yeah uh, while we 
And important. Yeah, very important. So get in on it before it goes the way of the dodo, please. Let's let's uh, undodo the library. <laughs> uh, thank you all so much for listening. Please hang out with us again next week while we talk about Tell No One. I hope that you'll watch it. It is a mystery, so please watch it before you listen to us talk about it because we're just going to spoil it, just like Gosford Park and Black <laughs> Christmas. And oh, yeah. I don't every know. other thing just that we talk about. A spoiler. Ruined. Ruined. We'd be so funny if we did this podcast without spoilers. That'd be <laughs> fucking crazy. No, that's gross. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I, I couldn't do it. Um, I if, can barely do it when we do talk about it with spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to talk to us about anything that we've been talking about, uh, please email us at itwasmurderpod at gmail.com. You can also message us on our Instagram at itwasmurderpod or Twitter at itwasmurderpod. Um, the Twitter seems inactive, but it's not really. We're just not. <laughs> we're just doing a lot of invisible tweets. Uh, but I still check the messages if there are any. Our servants um, haven't been <laughs> tweeting as much. True. <laughs> Our serving staff that lives underneath us. <laughs> yeah, downstairs has not been alerting us to our tweets. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, rate and review us, please, wherever you're listening to this. There's a way to rate and review us. It'll help us grow our podcast, let more people know about us uh, so they can listen to us. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Um, bye. <laughs> I guess bye. <laughs> uh, Danny, I apologize if, we're, if, if I said anything offensive about British people. <laughs> uh, Jenny and, Jenny and uh, Bill, we'll see you this weekend, I think. And, wow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. They have accents. They're from England. <laughs> They're from New England. California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and again, if you, if you want to watch Tell No One, it's on literally every streaming service for free. If that's uh, too much for you, just find your local video store and rent it from them. Or you can go to Scarecrow.com and rent it from them. They're beautiful people and they'll mail it to you anywhere. Uh, we dare you to do a minute max we dare you that's it it was a horrid podcast wasn't it it was horrid horrid truly horrid horrid good night freeway good night freeway good night freeway and good night widget and pip the dog widget who played pip the dog pip the dog by the way survives the movie and ends up going home with the movie star that's it's great kind of amazing narrowly again robert altman is the best no one give a fuck about that robert altman's best we shall never find that lovely land of might have been i shall never be your king nor you shall be my queen days may pass and years may pass and seas may ride